Welcome back to Streets and Eats. This is episode 97. Can you believe it? We're getting and close. That's right. And today we're going to be battling it out for our top five for Greece. We've just done a really cool road trip in Greece. We've done at least two huge road trips. We've been to Greece numerous times around the island, all over the place. And so we pray it might be a good battle. Stay tuned. I'm kind of wondering why it took us this long to get to a top five Greece. Welcome to Streets and Eats, the travel and food podcast dedicated to taking our listeners to the sights, sounds, and flavors of fascinating places near and far, both on and off the beaten path. We're Jim and Corinne Vale, and we've been traveling internationally and domestically together for decades, visiting more than 90 countries in all 50 states in the USA. We'll share all of the local knowledge and food expertise we've gathered through years of living as expats in Asia and Europe, as well as traveling with families spanning multiple generations around the world. Join us each week for a new adventure. Okay, uh, I've got the trivia question. So I don't know. You might know this one. You might not know it. You might be well, able to figure it out. Well, if it has to do with Greek myths or ancient Greek history, I'm probably at a loss. That is your forte, not mine. It doesn't directly. Uh, okay. No. Okay. So we're all familiar with wacky laws around the world, right? Oh, wacky law. <laughs> Everybody loves them. No chewing gum in Singapore. Singapore. They're all over the place. Greece has its own what many people would call a wacky law, but it really does make sense when you think about it. It has to do with what you can, more specifically, what you cannot wear when visiting an archaeological site like the Parthenon or well, Delphi. Well, I don't know what the law states, but I'm going to tell you from personal experience what I would not wear. Heels. Of course, I wouldn't wear those no matter where I was. Um, or open toes because, you know, rocks. <laughs> Although I have to say I would have broken that law too because I have a lot of hiking sandals. So I don't know about that. Um, and just, I don't know, heels, I guess. Ding, ding, ding. You are right. It is high heel shoes specifically. Uh, I tend to always get them right, don't you I? Do much better than me. <laughs> Although I got the prog questions right. No, you didn't. <laughs> I can pretend I did. Uh, no, they passed the law like in 2009, I think, to protect the sites, not to protect the women's feet. Because <laughs> we don't think care about them. About. Yeah. I mean, come on. High heels anywhere in old old sites in Europe? You anywhere. You got to be pretty careful. But in Greece, they passed the law to protect the sites because they found that high heels were damaging the marble stones, the steps. They were just adding more, more tear, more wear and tear um, and damage. It makes me kind before. of want to, like I own a pair of heels, not, but it kind of makes me want to challenge it and see what they would do if I wear heels to a site. Although I've got to say that Greece is the one place that I've been lately that really does take its stewardship I think very, very, very seriously, seriously, and especially during high tourist times, but probably all year long to some degree, at least on the weekend or whatever, um, they have 
they always hire more what you'd kind of call them docents, but they're not docents because they don't really explain the area. And they're, they're not really guards necessarily. And they're not guards. In fact, you don't even know what they look like. They're just usually a like a woman sitting with a whistle. And if they see you climb on the rocks, they'll whistle. If they see you wearing high heels sing in the amphitheater <laughs> at Epidaurus, they'll whistle. I mean, just and they don't look they're just extra people to yep. protect the sites. And there's tons of them. They're everywhere. And like I said, they're not very noticeable. They usually have a lanyard and that's how I've recognized them. And I like to sidle up to them and ask them a few questions, but I don't, I don't ask them historical questions because they don't know anything more about the site than I do. They're there to protect the site. So I do think they take it seriously and I, and I applaud that. Yeah. I, I do remember we got into a really nice conversation with the women at uh, Mycenae, the ancient site of Mycenae and just fascinating to hear about that aspect of it, how they hire extra people during peak seasons and they just get to sit there and enjoy the site and talk to people. But as we were talking, she would, she was definitely watching the whole time because she took her job very seriously and she'd be like, hold her finger up, turn her head, blow the whistle, tell some kids to get off a stone wall somewhere. Yeah, really. They do definitely take their sites very seriously the protection and the stewardship of the sites very seriously. Right. And I, I don't really, know that they would actually like tell you to take your shoes off and go barefoot. Well, that's what I'm wondering. What do they do? Tell you, you have to go barefoot. I don't know. Yeah. Don't, I'm not going to challenge it. I don't own a pair of heels. Haven't since I was probably 21 and stupid. Well, we have been to Greece several times over the years and coming up with five is pretty challenging. It was ridiculously hard. And then, because I'm so contrary and I'm so competitive, I'm, I also have the added, like, what is Jim going to pick? I'm not going to pick those. <laughs> we'll see, though. I bet you some are the same, because how could they not be? Well, of course. I mean, we've been there together to and all these places. And we've been there together, and we've had these amazing experiences. And yeah, when we have a really great experience, we both share that experience. So I don't know. And a lot of I that. I don't know if we'll have a lot of... Uh, overlap or if we'll have all or overlap who knows yeah we, we we definitely do it separately but what's funny is you know and and i'm sure any traveler has experienced this especially if they're traveling with with a friend or a significant other you know you look back the things that you remember about a place are never i mean unless something special happened there like i don't ever really think of the eiffel tower yeah i've been there Lots of times, right? But it's not the it's not the thing that I it's not the story I tell when I've traveled in France. No, I, well, or about the Eiffel Tower. If I tell any story about the Eiffel Tower, it's about the first time we took our five year old daughter to who was Paris. Deathly afraid of fright. Who loves Paris and wants to go to Paris every chance she get. And one of the first sites we went to was the Eiffel Tower, and that's where we learned that she was afraid of heights. And as soon as she saw the tower and two kilometers out, that we were going there. It, it started. The wailing Tantrum. started. I don't want to go there. Anyway, I can't go there. we're not talking about Paris. So if I talk about the Eiffel Tower, it's about my daughter's fear of heights. But you're right. It's those experiences that cement a place in our memory, either for the good or for the bad. So my places are mostly experiences, but there should be experience. I think the experience is not so unique that someone else going there wouldn't find it just as cool of a place. And okay, so let me check. Did you put anything in Athens on yours? Uh, no. Okay, so this is another thing that I found that we do. And Jim and I, of course, 
go to the capital city, yes. the largest city of every country we visit. And Athens is an incredible city. It's got incredible sites. Right. The Temple of Hephaestus, of course, the Parthenon. Um, the museum there is, you have to go. Is it but, my, but is it my favorite place? Right. It's not. We're going to tell you right now, it's not. There are other places in the country that we love a hundred times more. Now, there is this one little like hole in the wall restaurant. I wouldn't say it's a hole in the wall. Yeah, it's gotten pretty good size, actually. Um, but it's a nice restaurant it's like that a, is just a restaurant. It's it's not one that's well known. It's not a tourist restaurant. It's a local restaurant. It's and Greek it's, home cooking. Yes. It's an incredible it. place. And that is one of my favorite places. Right. But it's just a restaurant. And that's not going to make my list. Right. I agree. Anyway, my, so I guess my disclaimer is that... Yes, we know you're. if you're going to go to Greece, you're probably going to go to Athens. And there's a lot of amazing things to do in Athens. But there are so many other places that we love better. And these are what we're going to battle out about. Okay, so one thing that I couldn't get on my list because I couldn't really find it was uh, during one road trip, we were heading up to Thessaloniki. Maybe I shouldn't say anything because maybe you got on your list. Maybe you shouldn't. But I don't think maybe you Maybe you shouldn't. Because it's not, a, it wasn't a big thing. It was just one of my favorite things. You put in the conclusion if you don't. Okay. If you don't, if you don't mention it, then it'll be one of my runners up. Okay. So I've got my five. You've got your five. We'll start at five and work our way down. And then at the end, we'll, we'll hammer, out out, hammer out which we think the top the- five between us. And you'll probably win again. Because <laughs> either because it gives up or I'm just got a more logical mind. Who knows? <laughs> or you think of things that I didn't think of. We've been to so many things in, in Greece. It's just hard. It's just hard. Okay. You want to go first or shall I go first? I'll go first. Okay, go ahead. Because I'm pretty sure you won't have this one. <laughs> so we're doing a road trip around the Peloponnese Peninsula. And I'm going to, I'm here to tell you that the Peloponnese Peninsula, if we were doing regions of Greece, would be my number one place oh, that yeah. you should go. Because there are so many things to do there. But we're traveling around and we have our itinerary and we have, we're going here and we're going there and we're doing this, we're doing that. And here's a restaurant and here's a museum and here's a, you know, this site and that site. And we would tell people as we would stop, we're doing this road trip and they were so excited for us. And they're like, oh, are you going to ancient Messini? And we're like, no. And then the next time we'd stop somewhere, they're like, oh, and of course you're going to ancient Messini. And we're like, no. We're like, we after the second or third time, we finally look at each other. We're like, we're going to what the heck is ancient Messini? What, why do people keep saying if you're going on a road trip to see ancient things, you should be seeing ancient Messini. So we added it to our trip because that was, it was just too, it was serendipitous. But at the same time, it was like, we knew that after so many people said it, that this was going to be something we, we looked into later and we'd be like, why the hell didn't we go to ancient Messini? So we added it. And I got to tell you, it does rank way, way up there. The Peloponnese has tons of ruins, amazing ruins, just amazing. And um, so, and we went to Messini towards the end, because like I said, we added it without having planned it. And we found out why people kept mentioning it. You, you come up to the site and it's a small little 
entryway, the parking lot. Kind of hard to find. Kind of hard to find up in the mountains. The parking lot holds, I don't know, 50 cars, which is small comparatively. Trust me. And there was only maybe 20 cars in it. So we had plenty of choice for parking, which was odd. All of that was odd. You walk in, there's a mosaic and there's some ruins and there's a little amphitheater and there's a fountain and it's already good. It's already good. But we're like, yeah, I mean, it's good. We're loving it. We're taking some beautiful pictures. This is a beautiful day, beautiful spring day. And you walk and I, I'm going to say, I don't know, a kilometer, I don't know, two kilometers. Who knows? Because you're winding in and out there. and you're going in between things and seeing things. And you head to the stadium. You get to the stadium and you sit up on the quote unquote bleacher, whatever they called it back in the day, which is like staggeringly huge. And you just look out on this expanse of a stadium where they would hold the chariot races and whatever else they did down there, you know, wrestling and what have you. Impressive is an understatement. Right. I, I, it was mind boggling, to be honest. Um, so I put it as my number five. And it's mind boggling. That tells you what the competition is like. But um, it, it, it was also just because it was such a last minute decision for us. It really sticks out on my mind. I remember we were just sitting there under an olive tree. It's enjoying a beautiful the view. spring day. Just everything about it was so great. Yeah, that's a great sight. I really enjoyed it too. I did not make it. It wasn't list. on your list. No. Uh, I've only got like a couple of places that are specific sites on my list. Yeah, if do that what makes you sense. Want. So my number five is Kios, which is okay. an island off the coast of Turkey, but it's a Greek island. Uh, it's actually traded, gone back and forth over the centuries as to who controls it. And there's been a couple of uh, major catastrophes there because of that, but it's Greek. And uh, we took the ferry from Chesme. Omar Morris was Rhodes. Yeah. And uh, rented a car. So we- For the day. For the day. Just a day trip. And quickly realized we should have planned on spending- A couple of days. At least two days there. Uh, just a beautiful Greek island. Now, this is not Santorini. It is not the cliffside whitewashed houses with the blue roofs. This is Greece. Yeah, right. And it is- little changed Greece. It still has medieval villages in the hills. It's got abandoned villages from when the Turkish occupation came and eventually they were booted out. Um, it's got beaches. It's got beautiful mountainsides and hills. Had the best calamari. And <laughs> yes. And so my favorite place on Kios. Were you going to mention that? Yes. Was this little beach. Uh, I think it's Lithy Beach on the west side of the island. And beautiful crescent sandy beach that you can pretty much walk out in the water for hundreds of feet but right on the edge of the beach like toes in the sand type thing is this excellent little little fish taverna where we had what ended up setting the bar for me yeah for forevermore and i compare every calamari ever to that the the squid was fresh. It was cooked perfectly with just a very light batter. We are not into that heavy batter calamari. And this was the first time we ever had it where it's almost like not even a batter. It's just got yeah. a hint of flour mixed into the coating. And it was the best. And it yeah. was like whole calamari. 
uh, not just the rings. Oh, yeah. I never whole really, body. if I see it's just going to be rings, I don't really want it. I want the whole body. I want the tentacles and everything. The head. Uh, but it was excellent. And we had just such a great day driving around, visiting the sites. Um, there's an old monastery there that's actually a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's Part got, of one of three that are looped together. Yeah, it's got some of the best mosaics still in existence on site. Um, just incredible. Okay, so I do mention Chaos. Oh. It's my number two. And I lumped it together with going to the islands. And as okay. Jim said, I'm not talking Santorini. I'm not talking Mykonos. If you go to those two islands, we have not been, so we can't make a whole lot of um, statement about it. But they're they're so well known that I think you're going to get a different experience to most of the islands that we've been to. I think the one that comes closest is Rhodes, which we loved because of the Knights Templar. Yeah. And that's why I've grouped all like sort of. So you grouped Kios, Rhodes, th- those kind islands, of places. Outline islands because uh, they're okay. so hard to get to. And the, the problem with them is if you're doing a trip to Greece, you, you can't, unless you have, a, you know, six months or three months or a very huge chunk of time that you're willing to spend, which most Americans don't, they go for a week or two and you're going to go to an Island. You're only going to get to one, maybe two. If that's your focus, because you're going to spend much needed time in Athens and maybe Delphi. And, and if you're smart, the Peloponnese peninsula. So, so that's why I kind of grouped it as a, as a number two. Okay. You kind of, uh, did I did I overlap you on yours step a little on bit? Me now. <laughs> yeah. Did I? Well, yeah. you stepped on me with Kios because I mentioned Kios. Yeah. And then, um, like I said, but I, it was so hard that I just lumped them. Okay. Well, uh, since you mentioned it, I'll go ahead and do my number four next because my number four is Rhodes, which we loved. <laughs> which we loved, and Rhodes we, we did take the. That was where we went from really the most yeah. rickety ferry I've ever been on. No, I, I don't think so. From we Rhodes. took a hydrofoil. No, we drove our car onto Rhodes. Okay, I remember this wrong. Yeah, and it was kind of driving across like plywood planks to get up onto the car, to get the car up onto the ferry. And then there was only room for two or three cars. Um, yeah, and we went across. It was not a bad crossing. It, Rhodes is pretty close to the Turkish, uh, to the Turkish coastline as well. And it was it was a good ferry ride, but it was yeah, pretty small memorable ferry. for you. It was very memorable. Not as memorable for me. And of course, Rhodes is known for the um, Colossus of Rhodes, right? So, as you're coming into the harbor, which I mean, come on, if you're going to Rhodes, you should come in to by the boat. Well, to the and harbor, there's lots to of the old town. There's lots of cruises that go through there, there are, so yeah. you would. And they don't come into the harbor, there. but. Um, I think they go past it. So you can kind of see in there. Of course, the Colossus is not there. Hasn't been for hundreds of hundreds years. and hundreds of years. Thousands, maybe. But as you come into the harbor, you're coming directly into the harbor that was built by the Knights of St. John, the Knights Templar. After they were kicked out of Jerusalem, that became their new headquarters in Rhodes. Uh, Jim and, is into this stuff, if you hadn't noticed. Yeah. And so they built it up into a fortified city and it has stood the test of time they did get defeated and kicked out by the ottomans because everybody did because everybody did <laughs> and then moved to malta which is of course another where great they're place known for i think they're more known for malta than anywhere else that's right but uh 
roads, I think is just incredible. The old town there, the palace of the grand master is now like one of the best museums in the world. The street of the Knights, the old port, you could easily spend two days just exploring the city of Rhodes, but then you can get out on the Island. Now I will say that after last year, a lot of Rhodes was devastated by massive wildfires and they will probably need a, a little bit of time to fully recover. Um, it's just, I mean, it's devastating what happened there, but still you can go to Rhodes. You can visit Lindos and see the Acropolis on Lindos. Um, you can take the donkey ride up or down through the, the steps and, and alleys of the village at Lindos, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I loved Rhodes. So Rhodes I was my number four. That's what I kind of did is I put them all together and kind of lumped them as number two, because I do think that getting out to a Greek Island is a must. completely different than mainland Greece. It yeah. just is. And like Jim said, depending on the Island you choose, and we, these are the islands we like. We like the ones that are lesser visited, that are lesser um, known because you're going to get a true taste of what yeah. Greece has been through, been like for the entire age of existence. Now, don't get me wrong. Rhodes is pretty oh, it's, it's well visited. visited. And yeah. Like you said, it's a, it's a cruise ship destination. Right. So when you're planning your trip there. I mean, there's not a lot you can do about it, but there are seasons where there are a lot less cruise ship travel and cruise ship visits. And that's really what you want to look for. And I would say that's true everywhere. In it's Greece. very easy. You know, a lot of times the cruise ships, they come in and they have the excursion during the day. So usually if you're yes. spending the night there, you're okay anyway. But there are going to be a big difference in the type of restaurant you find on roads. There were some that were very obviously directed at tourists and then there were some that were very obviously just Not. locals we go for those yes it's yeah. up to you though what you enjoy always avoid a restaurant with a guy standing out or a woman standing out front with a laminated multi-language spread of every dish you can imagine in every language menu. you can imagine seven just languages keep on walking but there are great restaurants and roads too uh, yeah so that's my number four Okay. Well, my number four is a specific place, but I think it's reminiscent of like really any small town getting out of the city. I picked Areopoli. Mm, it was close to my list. Because like I said, the town itself is, is well, well worth it. And I, I loved every single thing that we did there and, and what it represented. But I also think it's just so representative of all those places you wouldn't go to that they're not on your list because it's just a small town and it's a small town with a great little placket in the center with a, you know, a, a war memorial. And we were there basically to spend the night and have dinner, walk around the old town. We went to the little chapel that was on the placa and we went to an old bakery that had been there for hundreds of years and still puts out these, you know, amazing foods. And um, the town is, you know, built of stone and they must have had some kind of meeting or something, some kind of town, town decision <laughs> town. where they decided to put outside these gorgeous little buildings, uh, an, an art 
sort of piece. And basically that is they'd have a little table with two chairs on it and some kind of decoration in the middle. This one over here would have a red one. And this one over here would have a turquoise one. And this one over here would have a yellow one. And they were all very pretty. And you'd walk through this gray stone town, which is gorgeous in and of itself with the nice blue sky and the white clouds. Painted doorways. And painted doorways. And you would see these I think very purposely put their table and chairs. And I got to say, I fell for it. I thought it was yeah. pretty darn cool. Little pops of color here. It and was there. just beautiful. And then, but, but really what made it for me and the, the hotel we stayed in was good. It was called the money hotel. And, and the woman was running it all on her own. And she was telling us about her woes of post COVID travel. Mm, and, yeah. you know, we were talking to her and we asked her questions and we had um, drinks down in the bar by the fire. And like, I, just everything about this town was so amazing. So we went down to the Plaka for dinner and it, just like any other plaque in, in Greece, they have, you know, it's a square and Town right square. around the square, they have the restaurants and they have outdoor seating, you know, a few co- shops, that, memorial in the middle. Yeah. Just of the really cool stuff. And, and what happens is the whole town comes alive in the evening. Right. Cause it's so hot during the day. Not so much when we were there because we were there in spring. But But I think the habit But it's a habit. And and plus that's when people are off work and they can do that. The kids are playing soccer in the placa. And, you know, the soccer ball comes at you and you got to kick it back. And and the moms are laughing at their kids. And then someone falls down and, oh, someone's got to go run and help. It was just to me, it was just like... This is what Greek life is. And I'll I'll never forget that because I just thought it was so, so great. And I don't think you have to go to Aeropoli to feel that. I think you can do that in any place that is yeah, just a small town with a plucka. But Aeropoli is a great one. I mean, yeah. I, I say go there if you have the chance, but you but I think you can find that other places. I think it's kind of the idea of it. And the idea is get out of the city. Find a smaller city, a place with a good placa, and go there and just sit out, drink your ouzo, and watch, you know, the evening life go by. Soak up the culture. Yeah, because I think that's important. Um, But Aeropoli was a a great one. And again, that was on the Peloponnese. and, And I think that was probably the only night that we, of all the places that we went, that we really got that feeling. Yeah. That time. That time. We have had trip, it other times, but trip, on yeah. that trip. Yeah, I agree. Um, it did not make my list, although it was very close. But I figured you probably would go with that. Ah, so see, this is where we're, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So what was your, I told you oh, my number four. Was the thing. We'll get back okay, to the Okay, my number order. three, I think you're not going to have on here. Okay. And the only reason I have it on here is because of my love, my absolute adoring of Alexander the Great. Know what it is? Uh, there is a tomb of Alexander the Great's father that Genau. we visited. That's it. Yes. In Vergina, not far from Thessaloniki, not far from the coast, in a most beautiful area of of uh, Greece. Thessaloniki is a great town. I didn't put it on my list, but I think if you're in the area, you would definitely go there. But this tomb is very small. It is a UNESCO World Heritage Site because of the historical greatness of it. And, you know, we've lived in Turkey and we've lived in Europe long enough that Alexander the Great, we feel like we're chasing him all over the place. Like we were in Gordian where he cut the Gordian knot. And just, I mean, I'm just such a fan 
of Alexander the Great. So to be able to go to his family's tomb was really kind of a, a crowning achievement for me. I really enjoyed it. And so what happens is it's just, just I mean, it's so small. And I think it's probably the least visited World Heritage Site probably. in the country. Um, but it's well worth a stop if you're if you're in the area. And basically, you park your car. And I think that's probably the only way you get there unless you're taking a taxi from the nearest town. And it's a mound. And you see these mounds all over the area. But most of them have been looted, robbed. Right. And somehow this this tomb of Alexander the Great's father hadn't been looted. And when they found it, it was just, of course, this treasure trove right. of antiquities. And so what they've done is they've, you know, they've made it into a museum mm -hmm. and you go actually into the mo the the tomb itself you go on a little sidewalk that goes into a tunnel door and it's immediately you're you know it's completely dark and the only thing is that the display cases are glowing with these gold necklaces and these urns and amphoras and just weapons and everything you can imagine that had anything to do with with the um empire that they built i mean that's it that's yeah. all it is. Yeah, yeah. But it was for me, it was such a great place to go. And I'll I'll never forget it. I really, really loved it. Yeah, it did not make my list. I didn't even really think about it. Uh maybe because it is very specific and it's and very just small. That. Yeah. And it didn't really have like a big experience for me. But it is a great site for sure. Well, my number three uh was Mathoni Castle. I knew you were going to have that on there. You, you knew it'd be somewhere it on the It definitely list. was. I, it kept fighting me. You wanted it, but then you knew I'd put it on. Yes. So you were like, oh, I better oh avoid God, it. I might not talk about it twice. Thony Castle is on the Peloponnese Peninsula again. Uh, and I mean, you've gone on and on about how glorious the Peloponnese Peninsula is. And it is. I mean, I could have done my top five. Just there. Just on the Peloponnese Peninsula. In fact, I had to keep looking elsewhere. elsewhere yeah. Because there are so many great things. I agree. Uh, everywhere in Greece. But yeah, if I was planning a trip to Greece, it would definitely include the Peloponnese Which Peninsula. Which I think is kind of interesting because I never really knew that before we planned this trip. No. I mean, we'd been to Corinth before, but uh, never much further down. Anyway, Mathoni Castle is an old Venetian stronghold, but it even shows up in records as like the last port that Agamemnon stopped on his way to Troy where they, they picked up the last group of men and ships and horses and whatnot. Um, so it was already a port and a stronghold way back then. And it has been continuously occupied, continuously fortified. Um, and then, of course, when the Venetian Empire was strong and big, they were looking for a good midway point between Venice and Jerusalem, because it was all about the Crusades back then. As far as that goes, and they settled on Methoni, and they they took this spit of land that had an old fort on it, and converted it into this Venetian massive fortress, beautiful fortress. Uh, so the area itself, the fortress itself, is quite large, and the most of the walls are still standing, and they're pretty impressive. And in fact, you'll see the Venetian lion carved and uh, said over the gate as you come in, uh, which is really a stunning entrance actually. Uh, and then you walk through the fields of the old area inside the walls, which is not much there, but the gem of it is as you walk to the end of the open area inside the walls, you pass through another small gate and you see this octagonal tower standing up on a, on a, after a causeway out in the water 
And that is like the keep and it is so well preserved. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful structure. But we were there in the spring. And at that time, of course, the weather was beautiful. Wildflowers were everywhere, just covering the whole grounds. And it was beautiful. I uh, love that and place. It was really funny because this was also one that we weren't sure we were going to make it to. In fact, it was on our list. Yeah. And then we started driving down there and then we're like, eh, we don't have time. And then we were like, oh, no. Let's go back. We need we've got to go. So it was kind of like we were going to go. We're not going to go. We're going to go. We're not going to go. And we thankfully went because we would have definitely been unhappy if we hadn't gone. And we got there in the afternoon and we decided to spend the night right there. And um, we went out to the castle right away. Mm-hmm. But it was closing. Right. So we took a few pictures and we're like, oh, this is way too big. We're not going to we're not going to do it now. We'll come back first thing in the morning. And that actually turned out to be a really good decision because there was only the whole time we were there. One other couple. Yeah, we got there nice and early. So early, just as it opened right at eight o'clock or something. And um, and it was just gorgeous the wildflowers the big green expanses there was byzantine um churches there was a hammam an old um, bathhouse there was these massive walls that's right on the coast and the water splashing up i mean just everything about it just evoked that whole sense of romance and you know what you feel like if you were going to actually be living in a, in a novel, really. Yeah, yeah. A beautiful place. Definitely my number three. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's well worthy. Well, well worthy. I loved it. Um, so now I'm on my number one. So you no, have to say your number two. Oh, you've already said your number two. Yeah. What was your number two? Islands. The oh, islands. Those okay, okay. Your cheater one. Your cheater one. <laughs> yeah. Uh my number two is uh Kastraki. Oh. And Meteora. Okay. Well, that's my number one. Oh, uh, okay. I figured it would be somewhere on there. Oh, that's interesting. I put the two together. Kastraki is the small town, like at the bottom of the cliffs. And Meteora, for people who aren't familiar with it, is those just like massive jutting up cliffs. Limestone Just climb cursed. right out of the ground. And at the very top, perched on the edge, are these just incredible old monasteries. And they're just beautiful. The whole region is incredibly beautiful. But the town itself is, of course, in the shadow of the mountains. You really get a sense. We were there in the summer and it was hot, but you really. And there were a lot of people there. And there were, but it still felt like small, quiet. Well, a lot of people in Meteora is not the same thing as a lot of people going to the Parthenon. Right. I mean, we're talking. Not that many people get out there. Right. Exactly. And you should. And I think, well, we did a whole article on the sunsets of Meteora because, Stunning. oh my goodness, maybe it sticks out of my mind as around the world, one of the best sunset nights I've ever had. And the pictures were, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was my number one. And I, and it's funny because it's not just Meteora. The sites in the, in the monasteries, they're incredible. Incredible. But again, it was Kostraki, like you were mentioning, that small town. And that's probably, well, Delphi was another place um, where we just had that excellent time where we're sitting in the taverna basically for, I don't know, three hours drinking Mm -hmm. wine and having stuffed grape leaves and just having a fantastic meal. And 
you really felt you're a part of yeah you felt like you're like part the of the community the community of whoever was in there right. which were partially tourists and partially locals so and it was just everybody was comparing what they did and talking about the best mo- i just loved every second of it yes so yeah it's partially the experience but I think as far as beautiful places around the world, it, it ranks way up yeah. there anyway. So it's my number one. Yeah. It, I kind of went back and forth on whether it should be my number one or my number two. So it ended up in my number two place. Okay. So what was your number my one? Number one? It's been brought up a couple of times. I'm surprised it didn't make your list. And maybe you looked at it and said, well, it's just too big. Of course, people are going to go there. What? Delphi. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it well, has to be. It's funny because the reason we keep bringing it up is because we had such an amazing time. There. Yes. I don't think it, for me, there are amazing ruins and ancient archaeological sites. Olympia, Mycenae, again, Messini. I mean, just so many of them. Epidaurus. I mean, you could go on and on. You could go on and on. And they're all worthwhile and they're all amazing and they're all fantastic. But for us, the ones that stick out are the ones where we had a special experience at of them. Of course, yeah. So was Delphi more exciting than Olympia? Well, for me, it was because of the experience. And well, I and think me, the this... trick is stay overnight at those places. Yeah, for sure. Or near those places. Because, because most people are going to go to Delphi on a day on trip a day from trip. Athens. Yep. And they're going to go to the site. And the site is, I mean, it is it's fantastic. one of the number one sites yeah. in Greece. Um, for us... You also talked about this a little bit, but we always, we always look for connections between places on earth that we have been where we, where we learn something or experience something. And you mentioned Alexander the Great I did. and Gordian, where he also outside of Ankara, we went to King Midas's tomb right. uh, in Gordian. And so one of the things that I was excited to find out about Delphi is that King Midas went to Delphi and of course gave offerings, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, so it had that connection for us. The site itself is just an incredible site. And the museum on the site is one of the best museums in Greece as well. It was funny because the museum is kind of dusty. It's kind of like, even though it's, there's a lot of people there, it, it feels like you're there all by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe we, because we were spending the night, I think we got there later in the day. We did. So a lot of the day trippers were gone already, yeah. but yet we still had plenty of time to visit the site and go there to the was, museum. It wasn't packed. There was hardly anybody there. And what I really liked about the museum was you would see in the exhibit on display some artifact and they would, and they were really well signed and they would show you like on a placard where on the site that item had been found. So Unlike, you know, Some going places. to the museum mm-hmm. in Athens, where you'll see things that were found at this site and that site, and they'll tell you it was found at that site. Here you can see the layout of the site and where exactly that item was found, which I thought was really cool. Was it found near the Oracle or was it found uh, in outside of Apollo's temple? Yeah. Yeah. It was a great site. I'm surprised I didn't really think of it either for that reason. But what seals the deal for me is like you said, the after the, the small after. town of Delphi, the Opry museum, the Opry, the Opry site, the Opry site, <laughs> the small town of Delphi, which is still a very small town. It, it only is had not, a couple of hotels. Yeah. It is not a tourist destination nope. because people will go in a bus to Delphi and then back to Athens. Yep. But it was such a cool little town. Again, small. You really felt like you were 
like entering a community. And we found this small little wine tavern, uh, a taverna, like a, a couple of maybe a hundred kilometers. Well, we walked there from our hotel. From our hotel. A nice little walk, but not far and not too close. Up a hill though. Yeah, of course. But which was good because we spent a good three or four hours drinking having dinner, enjoying wine. this appetizer, that appetizer, or meze or whatever. And then um yeah, just jug after jug of homemade wine that they were so proud of. Uh and it was like some of the best wine I've ever had. And in fact, by the end of the night, there was only a few tables left in there. And the <laughs> the owner comes over with his mop in one hand, with his mop in one hand and a jug of wine in the other and said, this last one is on the house, but, but it's the last leave. one. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't necessarily kick us out, but it was time to go. And we just had such a good time there. We did. I loved it. I we mean, did. for me, number one, for sure. Uh, I, I get that. I get because that. Because of it had the taverna, it had the local feel and it has the, one of the best sites in Greece, all wrapped up into one. Yeah. I don't think everybody would feel as much the same as we did because, like you said, they're doing a detour. And if that's the only way you can get there, go. You still need to go. You should still go. But if you really want to experience that little town atmosphere and have a mm-hmm. good meal and some good homemade wine, I'd say spend the night. Anyway, my five were... Five was Messini, four was Aeropoli, small towns. Three was Vergina, the tomb of Alexander the Great's father, Philip. Did I say that wrong? Three was Vergina. Two was the islands of Rhodos, Chios, and number one was Meteora. What were yours? Okay, my number five was Chios. Uh, my number four is Rhodes. My number three was Methoni Castle. My number two is Kostraki and Meteora. And my number one is Delphi. Okay, so now we need to figure out what they are. I would like you to type our answers so I we will. remember. Let's and start with number one. Let's hash that out. For, well, number one, it has to be we? Maria. Meteora, excuse me. Um, Meteora ahead of... I just find that there's more to do at Delphi. Meteora is beautiful to look at, and you can visit one or two of the monasteries. Um, but as far as like Greek sites go in ancient Greece... There's none of that. So you don't get any of ancient Greece there. Um, but it is beautiful. It has stunning sunsets. Well, what I like about Delphi more than anything else is the stories that come out of it. Because people were going there to find out how to live right. their lives. And like King Midas, as we mentioned, yeah. he made decisions because of what the Oracle told him. And it did come true. They said that he was going to lose his empire to whoever yeah. could cut the knot. And Alexander swiped in and cut the knot. So um, I think, okay. I think All Delphi right. really needs to be number Delphi's one. Delphi is number one. Meteora is number two. Yeah. Number three. I think you've got to break up your islands. You can't, you can't lump them both Yeah, together. but the problem with that is that I don't think it really matters which island you go to. Well, they're completely different. They're all completely different. But my point is you got to go to an island. Well, my number three is Methoni. I don't want to go with just your list. <laughs> hey, it would be about time. <laughs> but I do love Methoni. So Methoni it is. I, I think I will here's what I think we should do for four. I will four capitulate and, and say we can put the islands together. I think we should do four islands, five ancient ruins like Messini, Olympia, Epidaurus. Peloponnese ruins. Well, not necessarily, but but yeah, they are pretty amazing. Yeah, sure. The Peloponnese are ancient archaeological sites, Mycenae. I mean, that works for me. The point is, okay, 
overall, what did we get from this podcast? You got to go to Greece. <laughs> you got to go to Greece, only spend a day or two in Athens because, come on, it's a city. Yeah, you like can have days. a good time there. There's lots to see, good museums. Um, have at it. But get outside the city, try and get to an island, and definitely go down on the Peloponnese and try and get to Delphi and maybe up to Thessaloniki and Vergina and the tomb of um, Philip, Alexander the Great's father. And along the way, there's tons and tons and tons yeah. and tons more. But um, like us, you'll probably, if you've gone once, you will probably go again because Greece is definitely why they invented sirens there. It calls you back. It calls you back. Again and again. Dangerously close to the rocks. That's right. Yeah. Well, when the, when we were starting, there was one place that I was started to talk about, um, but didn't make my list. Oh, so we didn't talk about it? No, of course not. Oh, it was wow. very. It's very small. It wasn't really... It wasn't really a site or anything like that. But as we were on our, our road trip, which by the way, I think you kind of mentioned this, but Greece is a road trip country. I mean, rent a car and get out. The driving's easy. Super easy. It's cheap. Do it. It, it really is. Anyway, as we were driving up uh, after Delphi and heading towards Thessaloniki, we were driving and I think Michael or Erica, one of them said, uh, Cause we were talking about going to a beach and they said, well, if we could find a beach with a castle overlooking it, that would be ideal. Oh yeah. And we actually did find we did. a beach with a castle overlooking it. And we were like, and if it could have some calamari on the beach and it did, and it did. So, and that's the kind of stuff you're going to find that's the Greek experience as right you're driving and just staying open. So that's it. So our top five, number five was the ancient archeological sites of Peloponnese, uh, which there are several to choose from. Uh, number four was Greek islands. And we're talking about the smaller islands. Number three was Methony Castle. Number two, Meteora. And number one, Delphi. And that's it. That's our top five, Greece. Get to Greece and make your own list. Have fun. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Streets and Eats. If you liked what you heard, please show us some love. Hit the like button and leave us a review. Maybe even subscribe so you don't miss any future podcasts. Also, we'd love it if you joined us on our Facebook private group, Streets Needs, where we just have an ongoing conversation about all things travel. Ciao for now. <laughs>